Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. Well, Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast, back at you with another great episode this week. Mike Sullivan, Kyle Bogey over there. And uh, you know what, Kyle, we got a good interview this week. Uh, one of our... One of our friends now and, and someone who reached out to me and generously invited you and I to go out and play in their annual golf outing for the Michigan Golf Course Superintendents Association. That would be Adam Ikemis is joining us. He's the executive director of the Michigan Golf Course Superintendents Association. Kyle, I know you agree with me. We had a great chat with him about various topics within that field. Well, it's it's truly unbelievable how much information that that you can get out of a guy like Adam out of all of the superintendents that we played with in that outing because it's not as simple as yeah they're they're going to go out there and mow the lawn cut the grass yeah, yeah. water the green right yeah it's it's so much oh, more complicated and so much more goes on behind the scenes literally before the sun comes up that all of these superintendents are doing it's so remarkable. it's fascinating to learn a little bit more and i think have a much bigger appreciation yes. for what they do. No, it is. Even when we were playing in that outing, and, and we met so many great superintendents from around the state of Michigan in that outing, we look forward to continuing that partnership and relationship with the Michigan Golf Course Superintendents Association. And and Adam was great with uh, when we were at this outing, Kyle. When we, we you and I even spoke at this outing, they asked us to speak. And Imagine talk. It that. Was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why would they ask us to? I speak? know, but Adam was very, very. And I was picking his brain a little bit as him and I were in a cart and we were driving around um, Indianwood. And I would even ask him a few things in there. Hey, you know, from a maintenance standpoint, this or that, and, and the amount of detail that Adam and his colleagues could go into about how the grass is cut, exactly why uh, the green shrinks a little bit over the years, exactly how the proper drainage system works. It really was remarkable just to get that sense, as you said, appreciation of how much work goes into actually maintaining a golf course. I mean, we just show up and play for 18 holes and think, oh, this the course This course looks really nice, or maybe this, you know. But there's so much work that goes into it. And it really is an appreciation that, that I have for these superintendents and maintenance crew jobs. Well, and one thing I want to make sure that we impress upon listeners, people of the MDG community, Metro Detroit golfers, all of us very passionate about the game of golf, uh, is that you, know, you need to be, I think, a little bit appreciative and mindful. We all have the same goal in mind. Okay, We all want to play good golf. We all want the course to look absolutely pristine. And this year, unlike you know some other years, this year, these courses were played sun up to sundown. I mean, they literally could not keep up with the maintenance, with the amount of people that are out there on the golf course. They still have a job to do. Of course, we want to go out there and enjoy ourselves and play a nice round, and we want the courses to be in great condition. But just w when courses are that busy and, and we have so much yeah. else going on, we yeah. had a pandemic this year, it's an election year. I mean, it's crazy, everything that we have going on, just – Show a little bit of appreciation. Be patient. Yeah. Be mindful. It, it's not an easy job, and their goal is to deliver the very best sure. course conditions that they can give to us. It, there's so much science that goes into it as well. There's literally you know? doctors. I mean, we in this. We we played with a turf expert, Paul Giordano. He, he's a, a great guy, a local guy, in fact, and he travels 
all over, you know, ensuring that the, the turf is doing what it needs to. It's responding in the way that it needs to. Now, I don't sound very technical on this because, because no, I'm not tr- the expert, no, but, but that's why, I learned a ton from Paul as well. That's why, and, and guys, you know, not to, you know, get on the soapbox here, but I think that there are a lot of, there's a lot of criticism sometimes in the Metro Detroit golfers group, and let's call it how it is. Sometimes that criticism is warranted. Sometimes there are courses that deserve to be called out, and there are things that when people point out in terms of criticism, that that's fair because there, there's some things that are unacceptable. But overall, I really think that we need to be mindful of how hard these superintendents and how hard these maintenance crew members are working on these courses. They're not always going to be exactly perfect based on the weather, based on the amount of play that these courses get. So we also need to take a step back sometimes and and not just take a picture of the of the one bad brown grass spot on the course and post it and rip the course to shreds. That that's just not good for anyone. It needs to be about the entire scope. You know, the the beauty of a hole, the view that you have because that obviously the, the overall picture of the course is going to be fantastic. There's always going to be right. a spot here or a spot there that doesn't necessarily look great, and that's what they're going to be working to fix. Well, I think that the golf course superintendents in Michigan, they all do a great job. Also, really surprised you and I, Kyle, how active they are on Twitter. So if you have a Twitter and you want to follow, I guarantee your local superintendent's on there because they are all over it. They'll post updates at 5 a.m. when they're out of the course, you know, doing stuff. It's remarkable. And and I do just want to build off of one quick point that Adam had mentioned, and you're, gonna, you're about to hear this a little later in the show. You know, one thing that, that we had asked Adam was, what is that number one type thing that you would encourage and tell the average golfer out there in terms of superintendents and maintenance, et cetera? And I thought for sure that Adam was going to go in the direction of, hey, I would tell you that, uh, courses are tougher to maintain in the heat of summer than they are in, in the fall. I thought it would be something technical like that, but you know what Adam said? He said the number one thing I would say is simply say thank you when you see someone out there. And I think that was so true because there are a lot of hardworking superintendents and grounds crew and maintenance personnel out there that are trying to work sun up to sun, sun down to keep these courses in great shape. So if you do see a, a maintenance crew member or a superintendent when you're out of the course, maybe you're leaving the course, pulling into the course, whatever it is, just go up to them and say thank you. Say, hey, I appreciate it. The course looks great. Thanks for your hard work. And I think, Kyle, that there are little gestures like that that might sound trivial to a lot of people. But just saying thank you and a gesture like that to these hardworking maintenance members and superintendents goes a long way. I would agree. It's always you know interesting to play with somebody in your group that – you know, one of the biggest interactions, it seems, between, you know, the golfer out there and, you know, people that are out there working on the maintenance of the course, you know, you're in the fairway and there's somebody maybe working near the green. Maybe they're, uh, you know, hosing down the green. Maybe they're, you know, getting a, a little cut in there, you know, trying to get out of the way before you're done. And people will stand there in the middle of the fairway and be like, hello, you know, right. are, are you paying attention? You know, it's like, right. guys. They're trying to do their job. They're trying to work. Just calm down. If yeah. you were working and you had a job to do, a, a task that you wanted to finish, you're probably not going to necessarily be paying attention to who's in the fairway or whatever. They'll see you. 
wave them on, say thank you, just move on. That's and, it. and, you know, superintendent is a job that every single average golfer in person thinks that they can do, yeah. thinks that they can have, and, and do it better and say that this needs to happen. I'm a watering expert or I'm a golf uh, grass expert, whatever it is. And, you know, we do need to have thank, thanks and respect for the – especially this year with how much these courses got played, the hardworking people out there that are maintaining these courses. And that's why, Kyle, I do view this podcast episode right here as kind of a – a uh, not only thank you and appreciation for those hardworking people, but I also do view it as an educational experience for the average golfer out there to listen to this, see how much that goes into it. You're about to hear it with Adam momentarily. Gauge that sense of appreciation and education on this topic. Well, I mean, think about some of the the course renovations, restorations, you know, that we have going on here, you know, even just locally. I mean, you know, what's going on at... Um, at the South Course at Oakland Hills is going to be truly remarkable as they try to get yet another, you know, U.S. Open. There's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not just, yeah, dig up some dirt, uh, you know, move the sand trap, you know, uh, improve the edge of the trap or what. Right. No, there's a ton of technical, educational, scientific stuff that is going on, and it does take a heck of a lot of time. Uh, One thing that our friends over at Hall Financial want to do, they don't want to take up a bunch of your time. They want to make the mortgage process as seamless as possible. And look, they want to save you some money as well, okay? At Hall Financial, almost 70% of all loans don't require an appraisal, okay? So if you call Hall Financial or simply go to hallmdg.com, you can see if you qualify for a no appraisal loan. That's right, a no appraisal loan. How about that? If your loan requires an appraisal for the month of November only, Hall Financial is going to pay for it, okay? You, the Metro Detroit golfer out there, they're going to pay for your appraisal, saving you at least $500. Okay, that's huge. That is, and, and that's why I encourage people to go to hallmdg.com and check it out. You can't beat that if you're thinking about, you know, if maybe maybe you've been thinking about giving them a call. Maybe you've been thinking about your home the past few months. Now really is the perfect time with this appraisal offer that they have to just go online and talk to them and see if they can help. I'm sure they can. That's www.hallmdg.com. And speaking of time as well, the majority of loans at Hall Financial are closing in 10 business days or less. So it's not going to be a ridiculous process. Sully and I know firsthand. We've worked with them multiple times. They've been phenomenal. And without further ado, uh, we want to get to the executive director of the Michigan Golf Course Superintendents Association, Mr. Adam Ikemis, a good friend of ours and a good friend of Metro Detroit golfers. Well, we're going to take a look at the the other side of the game of golf right now because, you know, this isn't about, you know, how the game is played. This isn't about pace of play. It's not necessarily about, you know, your handicap or anything. It's about maintenance and what goes into allowing you to play a pristine golf course and we are uh, really excited to have adam ikemis uh, the executive director of the michigan golf course superintendents association with us here on the metro detroit golfers podcast and uh, adam i gotta believe that you meet a lot of guys and girls in in the game of golf that think they know exactly what it takes (laughs) to maintain and handle a golf course. Am I right? Yeah, we talked about that the other day that uh, Roy Williams mentioned that, that the the easiest job in the world is college basketball coach and golf course superintendent because everybody thinks they can do their job better than you. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's... I get a lot of questions. What do I? How low do I need to set my mower to make a green in my backyard? Um, and it's just—I mean, it's obviously not even close to that easy. It's very scientific. It's highly technical. 
uh, golf course superintendents are college educated. They continue their education with us, with the National Association. Uh, things are always changing, grass types, uh, pesticide uh, inputs, watering practices, all of that stuff. And even with all that in there, the weather can still come in and just change everything, right? You're still, you do all you can, but you can't change the weather. If you're going through two months of no rain and hot and dry, I don't care how big your budget is or what you can do. It's almost impossible to provide. And no, no, th this has been, so, sorry, Mike, this has been uh, an incredibly busy year. Yeah. Um, you know, after the uncertainty of the start of the season where, you know, we didn't know what was going to be allowed, not allowed, how much, you know, people were going to be working and, you know, all the superintendents at each individual course. And then it just, exploded yeah. once golf is allowed and people could be outside and you know all these new golfers that are playing the game so how challenging has this year been because you guys have to maintain the course right. and, and the upkeep but people are playing sun up yeah. to sun down that's that had to be a challenge yeah you know it's a it's a great problem to have uh, i was a golf course superintendent for seven years before i started doing this and you know i would get complaints from the guy oh it's so busy out there i can't get anything done i said well, you know this job would be a lot easier without the golfers but it wouldn't pay very well <laughs> yeah. right so as much as it's it's hard to get stuff done i think all of our members would rather have more rounds and more people playing golf and certainly more new people getting into the game because, uh, I mean, that's really their livelihood, right? I mean, there's 60,000 people in the state of Michigan that are employed in the golf industry. It's a $4.2 billion industry, right? Just in the state of Michigan. I mean, it's Say that again, $4.2 billion? $4.2 billion industry, if you think about... In Michigan. Yeah, wow. if you think about the, the clubs, you know, from top to bottom, the, the irrigation, the equipment, the carts, the golf clubs, the people that are employed. Uh, and, you know, one thing, too, is a lot of these clubs, I mean, Red Run's been here for 100 years, closing in on 100 years. How many other businesses are there out there that have been one spot employing people, being part of the community for over 100 years? It's a great point. And a lot of them are in metro areas, right? And we talked about that a little bit as well yesterday, that the green space they provide in these areas, if it wasn't a golf course, it's probably going to be in a subdivision or a strip mall or something else. Uh, and it's professionally managed. You know, a lot of people talk about golf course and, and probably a lot of people that listen to your podcast might get a little bit of guff about golf courses not being good for the environment. It's a professionally managed landscape, right? Putting more fertilizer, more pesticide down costs money, right? The golf course superintendent's goal is not to do that, right? We want to save money, provide conditions, be environmentally sensitive. And, you know, the products that they're using are getting better and better. There was probably a time back in the 60s and 70s where it probably wasn't really great for the environment. <laughs> yeah. But I can I can guarantee you that's changed dramatically over the years. Um, I mean, you guys see it. Your, your people that listen to your podcast see it. The deer, the wildlife. Yeah. If it was a toxic, you know, dumping ground for pesticides, you wouldn't see. Uh, I mean, we, we were out here last week, and there's a giant buck out here on the back nine at Red Run. In the middle of Royal Oak. Yeah, mm -hmm. just hanging out yep. in the shade. We drove right up next to him. He was happy as a clam That's, to be sitting there. Uh, see, and when we, you know, thank you for, for having us out to the Michigan Golf Course Superintendent's outing this a couple weeks ago. And we were there, Kaya. We got to meet so many great superintendents around the state of Michigan. And, and one thing that we kind of talked about is, as we had a little speech after that we did is really helping to create that connection and kind of bridge that gap between golf course superintendents and the average golfer. Because that's something you and I have talked about, Adam, at length, where there is a lot of times on the Metro Detroit Golfers Forum and community where people – are critical of the course conditions, right? And some of that, and, and look, I'll just say this, some of that might be warranted at times, sure. and some of that might not be warranted right. at times. So I think it's very important for the average golfer to realize and know 
how much goes into it from a superintendent standpoint, from the green to the mowing to the fairways to the tee boxes to the rough length of the rough. There's so much yeah. that goes into it. Yeah, it's and that's it's almost a challenge because I have to I have to pump the brakes. I'm getting a little bit too deep into like the different biotypes of turf and right. the soil types and you know i've had dumb that, it down for it well i've had that conversation with enough people where they just kind of get that blank yeah okay yeah so the it's good the greens are okay it's like yeah yeah they're fine so it's hard to kind of do that that layman's term but one thing i will say is that no matter where you're playing there is a golf course superintendent there that is the most passionate person in the world about that property they are doing it's almost never the case that the superintendent doesn't care or doesn't know what to do. Most of the time, it's a budgetary issue, it's a time issue, it's a labor issue, or weather issue. Right? Again, it goes back to where we can't control the weather. You can you can prepare for it. You can do a lot of things uh, to get ready for a dry spell or for a lot of rain. But you know, in that that midsummer months, especially in Michigan, uh, where you have a lot of POA dominated golf courses, that stuff wants to die. Mm-hmm. Right? And it plays the best when it's about to die. Uh, the, the courses you see on the PGA Tour every week, if they did that for another week after that, that course is done. Like, I mean, I'm talking dead grass, regrassing, reseeding. Really? Yeah. I mean, because when you want it firm and fast, that grass plant is on the verge of death, right? I mean, you've seen the U.S. Opens where yeah. they lose the greens. Mm-hmm. It's because they push them too hard, right? They didn't they didn't give them enough water. They, their mowing heights are too low. Um, all that sort of stuff, which is fine for the four days of the U.S. Open. Yeah. But to go out... And pay $25 for 18 holes and go, how come these greens aren't 14? First off, you don't want them at 14. Trust no. me. You don't. That's <laughs> yeah. not That's not fun. Right? The 12 most golf, is a ton. 12, 12 is a ton. Right? And so that's one thing, too, I often talk about is making sure that you have realistic expectations for what you're paying. Right? And Dan talked about it in the, earlier in, that you talked to before. Yeah, Dan Wetzel, he was great on the yep. podcast. Yeah. yeah, that there's a there's a spot for everything, right? There's a spot for the municipal golf course right up to Augusta National. Golf isn't one thing; it's a lot of different things, from a nine hole course or a three hole course somebody builds in their backyard to the private country clubs of the world that cost a ton of money to play. It's all golf, but make sure your expectations match reality, right? If you're buying a, a, a you know a, a bottom shelf bottle of wine it's not going to taste the same as a thousand dollar bottle of wine that's been aged right so make sure that your expectations are in line i think that's where a lot of people get a little sideways now adam i think you're one of the biggest leaders for golf superintendents what would you say is the number one piece of advice or thing you would say from your perspective to the average golfer uh you know, I would encourage them when they're out having a good day and they see somebody drive by in a mower or a maintenance cart or something to stop and to say thank you because it's a thankless job. I mean, those guys are in here at 5 in the morning all year round, not necessarily all year round, but some places they're doing tree work in the wintertime. They're doing snow removal on greens, especially here in Metro Detroit, some places. Take the time to thank them, right? Because it's, especially the superintendent, 90% of what they hear is how come this isn't done? Why is this wrong? The greens are too slow. There's this, there's right. that, there's this. And just to, when you stop, take a minute. It takes 20 seconds to go, thank you. This is really great out here today. You guys are doing a great job. That'll go a long way. What do you think the uh, the most difficult time of the year for a superintendent is in terms of maintenance and the easiest? I would guess that, that I, uh, what, the thick, the heat of summer is the yeah. most difficult? Yeah, Not only sure. because of – is that because of how much play it gets and or because of just the weather? It's all weather. Is it? It's all okay. weather. Yeah, I mean – if you have a, a especially overnight temperatures, uh, if you have cooler overnight temperatures, that you can get away with a lot more. 
when it's 70 degrees at night and the humidity is really high and it's, you know, 100 degrees during the day and the humidity is also high, uh, that hot, dark environment, if you think about what, you know, a lot of the diseases you get on golf courses are funguses, right? So you spray mm-hmm. fungicide. You think about where a fungus or a mushroom grows, hot, dark, wet. So when that's happening in the middle of the summertime, that's when, and you, but you need to water, right? So you're trying to water it enough to keep it alive. But if you had too much water, now you're, you're adding fuel to the, to the fungus fire. So now you're spraying fungicides to try to stop that, but you're also trying to cut it low because you got a lot of play for green speed. So there's all these different factors going into that. Um, but it's definitely the middle of the summer. Now around here, there's been some issues in the wintertime with uh, ice damage. So there's been some, you know, midwinter where guys are out there trying to get ice off of greens because if there's ice on the greens too long in the winter, we've seen it a couple times, especially down here where they lose the greens to winter damage. Uh, so that's kind of a newer thing, and, and they're doing some research at Michigan State to try to figure out why that is. Uh, we don't really have uh, the whole answer Truly yet. is a science. You know, yeah. the average golfer goes out there and, and, and says, you know, to, to it's not this isn't a criticism. It's no one's fault or anything. I think that's just a normal but the average golfer will go out in the course, and sure, maybe they'll see notice something about the fairway. Maybe they'll notice green speed. Maybe they'll notice some some maintenance around the tee box, stuff like that. But, but there's no way that the average golfer, myself included, has any clue in terms of all the science right. that goes into maintaining a golf course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a huge amount of research that goes on at Michigan State right here in our own backyard, and I think that's one of the reasons we have pretty good turf conditions in the state of Michigan is there's a ton of resources at the university. I mean, at our event that we played in, we had uh, two of the doctors, the turf doctors in Michigan State, that part- you know, one pathologist and an extension specialist. Those guys are always available to our members. And I mean, they go all over the world. I mean, I'm talking, they, they're flying out to Dubai, they're going to Vietnam. For them to be able to just drive by and play golf with our members and talk about turf. And I mean, Joe Vargas, the pathologist in Michigan State, he's a member at Red Run here, right? So he's right, right here all the time. So, uh, And that's one thing too that I, we talked about is there's a need for, for new blood in our profession. There's one of the best turf programs in the country is at Michigan State. I'm a grad of that program. Uh, and if there's anybody out there listening that's interested in that side of the business, I would encourage them. Right now, our members really need people to work on the golf course. There's not enough labor out there to come out and mow and take care of things. If you think you might have an interest, try that. And then if you want to go further in that, right down the road, an hour away from here, you can go to Michigan State and get a world-class turf education. Can we direct people anywhere specifically for, for more yeah, information? If you just, if you just you know, Google MSU turf grass, you know, that right. sort of stuff. I don't know the exact website. Does anybody type in a whole sure. website anymore anyway, right? It's just, and those yeah. careers, I mean, we don't have to get into the details too much, but those careers can be lucrative, well-paying jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the we talk about all the stresses and all that other sort of stuff, but there's also those times, you know, the sun's coming up and the birds are chirping and the fog is lifting and you got like two tenths of an inch of rain overnight and it was kind of cooling off today and everything just looks perfect. And it's the most satisfying feeling you can ever have. Uh, so I don't want to paint it as, you know, every guy's ready to jump off a bridge cause it's too hot, but uh, there's definitely some benefits to it. I, it's really a unique career and a lot of people don't, don't realize exactly what goes into it. So, uh, scratch the surface a little bit. If you're into weather, growing things, and golf, being outside, you're not going to be in a cubicle your whole life, and you get to play a lot of golf. Have uh, have had a chance to play, uh, you know, around the country and you know various states, and I I still maintain that you know Michigan courses are you know as well maintained and mm-hmm. as good a shape as I think anywhere in the entire country. Oh, you yeah. said that you know the research is so close. Michigan State mm-hmm. was such a, a great program and all of that. Do you think that's the reason or or main reason why? The courses here are, are so pristine. Is it the education, the research? What I guess what yeah, goes into that? It's a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, climate-wise, 
the farther south you get, there's this, and again, I'm going to try not to get too technical, but sure. you get into what's called the transition zone, where the, you transition from cool season grasses into warm season grasses, right? So if you go play golf in Florida, you're putting on Bermuda grass, right? right. If you Which play, is different. It yes. is different. And then if you play golf in Michigan, you're playing on bent grass. Right. There's some spots, you know, south Ohio, mid-Atlantic, where it's too hot in the summer for the cool season grasses. And it's too cold in the winter for the warm season. So nothing likes to grow there. Mm. So conditions in those areas can be, I mean, the the summertime heat in the mid-Atlantic is just turf destruction type of heat. <laughs> um, so I think there's a lot, there's a, there's multiple parts. That's a big part of it is our climate. But it's also, you know, we have one of the largest chapters in the country with the Michigan Golf Course Superintendent Association. So many courses here. So mm. many yep. tons of courses. Yep. You know, we have, you know, 850 or so golf courses in the state of Michigan, <laughs> which is huge. It's like the third most in the country. It's incredible. <laughs> um, and then we have a turf foundation that, that, that raises money. That's what we were doing at that event that you guys played in with us. Um, and yep. Uh, and then the university, Michigan State University, has been in the turf grass research game for 50 years, 60 years. It's been a long time. What is the biggest difference as we're, we're kind of wrapping up here? But we have a ton mm-hmm. of people in Metro Detroit golfers that travel down to Florida in the off season and play golf. What's the biggest difference, especially from a green perspective, between bent grass and Bermuda grass? So I've never worked on a southern golf course. I'm speaking a little bit out of school here on this, but I have played golf down there. Bermuda grass is super aggressive. Like you'll see it where it'll actually take over a bunker if you're not edging it. Uh, so it's a really aggressive grass. It's a little bit thicker. It's a little, but they're they're also making some progress on some of the new varieties. You hear like Mini Verde and Tiff Eagle and some of that stuff sometimes on the PGA Tour events. They talk about the new grass types. Okay. So they're making some strides, but bent grass is definitely a finer slower growing grass, right? Which is what you want. It's funny, like every superintendent wants healthy turf, but they don't want it to grow. So it was growing too fast, and by the afternoon the greens are slow and footprinted. So it's just it's it's all about this weird balance of trying to find the sweet spot where it's just right, and it's really hard to do that, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of education. Do you see any maintenance issues from an, from the average golfer standpoint with up upkeep of the course? I think you hear a lot of people talk about replacing your pitch marks on the green mm-hmm. and how that needs to be done better. I think right. that's probably the most common one you hear. But is there a an error or some sort of area to improve upon with the average golfer in terms of when they're out on the course and protecting and maintaining the course? Yeah, I don't know if there's one thing. I mean, it's the old standby of leave the course better than you found it. Right. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, especially if you play a place a lot, it behooves you to, to take care of it. And also to not always try to get, you know, and I, I was there once as a golfer, like, what's the cheapest rate we can get? It's like if you're always getting the cheapest rate, that place is not going to have enough money to take care of the golf course, and eventually it won't be there, right? We talked about if you're a hunter, you want to support different hunting organizations that that provide the land for you to do your space. Golf's the same way, right? So it's important that you support the the facilities you play at. And then, yeah, if you hit a if you hit a golf uh, shot onto the green, which is great, fix your ball mark, and if you see another one, fix that one, mm-hmm. right? If everybody did that, all of a sudden all those pitch marks are gone. And we've seen, I mean, Kyle, we've played on, you know, we're not calling out any course. We want to be clear about that. But we've all, I think, everyone listening to this has played on golf courses where you get up People to the green and, yeah. and you see, right. it's like, what are we doing here, guys? Fix the divot. Fix right. the, the, the pitch mark. Well, you you want to get to the green and you want to see, okay, how much did my ball roll out? And you go over there and there's like seven divots. Yeah. Well, I, no idea. No yeah. idea which ball mark is right. mine. You know? Right. Yeah. So fix, fix two of those. And, if, you know, yeah. Mike, you fix two of those. Now there's, you know. Karma will seven. come back Even around on the fair, as well. I, I've yeah. seen, you know, certain, you know, the local golf pros and, and people in the industry, superintendents that will go out on the course even when they're playing. 
And while they're waiting for other people in the fairway, they will, you know, spread the uh, the grass seed, the Go seed the mix, mix, whatever yeah. it is, and 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 fix those because a lot of people don't even do that. So right. that's important too, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Last one from me, and and I don't know if you can speak to this. I know Michigan obviously is, um, you know, your your focus, but mm-hmm. the Masters is being played in the fall mm-hmm. for the first time ever. I, I believe, yep. you know, obviously it's normally played in the spring. How big of a, a change is that, do you think, for the crew down there in Augusta, normally getting ready, coming out of the winter, yeah. and now going into the winter? Yeah. So, yeah, and I I, I don't. I mean, I've, I've been to the Masters, and so... One I've of got, the biggest perks of your job, right? It, it is. Um, it's unbelievable. It's, it's an, and, and I'll echo Dan's comments, got to go. Yep. If you're a golfer, it's absolutely number one on your bucket list. You will not be disappointed. It's the best <laughs> event I've ever been to, sporting or otherwise. Um, so Augusta National is kind of like the NASA of the turf industry, right? Like they don't talk about what they're doing. They don't highlight maintenance. <laughs> they don't. I mean, you've never heard a single word about any maintenance stuff that happens. That, at Augusta. This you, is shocking that you, you say that. If you go yeah. and work there, you have to sign an NDA. So you can't even <laughs> talk about it afterwards, right? Um, so they're very... Uh, very secretive about that sort of stuff. Why is that, though, Adam? I don't know. Because I, I certainly we, don't know that. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't we, you know, and I say we, but they do other we as a golf stuff. community, and especially you guys with superintendents, be sharing ideas and trying to figure out why the why they're like that? It, kind of. But back to the NASA analogy, right? Like, if you're flying, if you're a commercial pilot, you don't necessarily need to know how the rocket thrusters work on mm-hmm. the SpaceX rocket, right? True. Eventually, that'll trickle down in some of the concepts and ideas and things that they're doing. But, I mean, the amount of money that they generate, the amount of money they're able to, to put into the whole operation, whether it's the turf part or whether it's the infrastructure or the TV coverage, it's just not the same thing, right? It is it's it is technically golf and turf management, but it's so different. I've The only thing I know is what I've heard is that it, it tends to play a little bit longer in the fall. But if there's anybody that can just manipulate it where the weather doesn't really matter – that none of that stuff matters there. It's like this bubble. They will figure it out. They will figure it no. out. I have 100% confidence that it'll be it'll be fantastic because everything they do is fantastic. Uh, can't wait to watch. Uh, well, Adam, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, obviously, look forward to this ongoing partnership. Yeah. And of course, people, uh, you know, Metro Detroit golfers. As well. Facebook, please, of course, continue to be patient. As you said, thank your superintendents yeah. for you know all the hard work and everything. And yeah, yeah continue to support Where uh, can, Michigan uh, Golf. People find information on the Michigan Golf Course superintendents. You mentioned we're on social media, so MIGCSA is our, our acronym. So on Twitter, we're at MIGCSA. Instagram, same thing, and Facebook, MIGCSA. So you can find us there. Our website again, MIGCSA.org. So. Uh, yeah, and, and all my information down there. If anybody has any questions for me, I'd be happy to answer them. But yeah, talk to your local superintendent. They're usually pretty happy to talk to you as well, especially if you start off with instead of stomping and yelling and chasing <laughs> them down the fairway going, I just want to thank you. I got a question, though. I bet they'll answer it. Adam, awesome. thanks so yeah. much for joining us here on the uh, Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Thanks for we having appreciate us. It. Now, Sully. You were crazy enough to get, well, one last really cold round in over the weekend. Explain for the people what exactly you were doing on Sunday morning. An NFL Sunday, and you're out playing golf on a 30-degree day. Yeah, and, uh, you know, which sucks because now this week it's 66 and 68 and 69. It's like, why couldn't we caught that day? But, uh, no, I played in the annual uh, no-pin open at Boulder Point, which I've heard so many good things about over the years, and 
I think Eric does a great job at Boulder Point. I want to congratulate him. He's been a childhood friend of mine, um, and, and Eric's now the head pro at Boulder Point, and uh, does a great job up there. So I've been wanting to play in this. I mean, my buddies played in the No Pin Open, and I'll tell you what, man, it was absolutely freezing. It was 30 degrees. We step up to the first tee. It starts snowing. And it is just, I mean, I had to purchase gloves from the from the pro shop that were like these winter, dual, you know, two-handed golf gloves, and we had hand warmers. And, Those things are great. And, and, you know, it was totally just the conditions were miserable, but the event was cool. So there's no pins on any green. There's Most holes have multiple, most, most golf holes, meaning the greens, have multiple holes on the green. So you but just hit no the pin. green. You hit the green, and then you, you, you know, figure out which one to putt to, but... With those conditions, I wasn't expecting the team to check in at, at 17 under or something. So the winning team was 12 under. We were 9 under, so we weren't too far back. And it was a lot of fun. There was a pig roast. There was really good food, and I, and I was glad to participate in that. But I'll tell you what, dude, really surprised me. I knew that all these uh, – of course, I knew that all these cart covers and whatnot were big in golf. But I guess I didn't realize how big because it seems like almost every single cart – at this Boulder Point No Pin Open, had a cart cover and a portable propane space heater in the cart. It was remarkable how many carts had this. And then, like, if you didn't have one like us, you people were like, "Oh, well, how do you not have one of those?" It was like, <laughs> "I don't play in this weather that much," but uh, it was crazy how many people had that. No, that is amazing, and I, I will say I couldn't plan it this year. I'm hoping to plan it next year. Eric and the team over at Boulder Point do an unbelievable job. You can't wait to play it again, you know, next year. But I will say, quite an accomplishment for Eric to get you out to the course for this no pin open because you are a notorious excuse me, if it's under fifty degrees, I'm not playing golf anymore. It's just okay. Not, I'm shutting it down for the season. I love golf, but it just is it really that fun when you're just freezing your ass off out there? No, it's not nearly as fun. You know? And I, 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 you know, you can check your text messages, and if you want to read some of them, you can. I was bothering you all day going, yeah, right. how cold are you right now? Right. You having fun out there? So, you know, and obviously it's a fun event. Don't get me wrong. And, and That's you're, the you're, most You're planning for part. it. You know it's going to be like that. You're hoping to catch a day of weather, but it was uh, – <laughs> they were even saying, like, this is some of the, the worst weather we've ever had for this event. Oh, so it, it was bad. But it was. we still made the most of it and, and still played all right. We had a, actually a really a fun – uh, bet on the back nine. We this team behind us offered us some money. They said, "Hey, you know what? You want to? Hey, how about we play as an eight some and we play the back nine and you know fifty bucks a guy? Like, all right, let's do it." So we played and, and we ended up winning. Uh, my my scramble team won on the back nine, uh, which was which was cool. So won a little money, um, and that's cool too. I've, you know, for someone who's never for people out there who's never played as an eight some when you're playing in the scramble, you know that's a different type of thing where there is no cheating at all. There is mm-hmm. no, not that there ever should be, but you want no to talk about rolls. there's no free rolls, there's <laughs> no uh, no just typical scramble gimmies, anything like that. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Overall, really fun day. But I was just surprised how many people actually had the por- the por- uh, portable propane. It's a mouthful space heaters in the golf cart it was crazy and i stepped in one of them and it was toasty you would have thought it was you know 80 degrees in the golf cart well one that's for survival purposes only so i totally agree with it and i absolutely understand it two if you want to stay warm while you're playing in one of those just order more liquor hey, oh, of that's course it. and there were uh you got to get that that belly Drinks, nice and warm shots yeah. Yeah. i mean that's that's basically what it is absolutely right no, another fireball did. please yes, thank you we i gotta were. stay that, warm that copper craft was was flowing that's for sure <laughs> There you go. 
<laughs> Speaking of what's flowing though, Kyle, I know that that you've uh, your back's been a little tight, but now it's flowing a little better because of Tricovery and Kevin and Jeff and all of them over there. They do a great job, guys. Tri-covery.com. There's been a ton of people. MDG members who have tried out Tricovery and who have had great results so far. They offer a specific golf package for you, the Metro Detroit golfers. So make sure you go online, tri-covery.com, to check out the package. Yeah, and if you don't believe us, go ahead and believe the uh, the big local uh, football team that they work very closely with uh, here in On the area. They really do an unbelievable job. Tricovery, massage, and flexibility. For me personally, Kevin has been unbelievable. He's gone above and beyond in getting my shoulder blade and my back to a point where I can swing through the ball. I, I'm not in nearly as much pain. It's going to be a process, and I'm happy that we're going to be able to go throughout the winter and really hone in and get things right for next year. I hope to be pain-free by next year, but it's it's going to take a lot of work. And, Kevin, I wouldn't trust anyone else with what's going on with my shoulder blade. So, again, check them out, tricovery.com. That's tri-covery.com. You know what will be interesting, Sully, here, as we are, what, uh, less than two weeks, I believe now, from the Masters uh, officially getting underway. I wonder how much different it is for the superintendents, the grounds crew, everyone down there at Augusta preparing for the Masters now in mid-November as opposed to in April when we're used to it. You know that they'll get it in top-notch shape. I'm confident about that, and I can't wait to watch. Uh, I think that, that, of course, that golf course will be in great condition um, as you heard with Adam, Adam talked at length about Augusta. Next week, we're going to have Dan Wetzel on, who's, co- who's been to the Masters seemingly more than anyone. And we're going to have a Masters preview with Dan. And, and Dan has some incredible stories about Augusta, so make sure you tune in for that. We're going to be doing our Masters pool coming up at MDG. So as always, text MDG to 545454 to make sure you don't miss out on any of that. And make sure you stay updated on the text message list. That's MDG to 545454. And I don't think we can emphasize that enough. If you're on that text list, you are going to get priority treatment when it comes to this master's pool coming up. Okay, You do not want to miss being outside of that list. Okay, Again, text MDG to 545454. Another great episode. Look forward to talking to Dan Wetzel next week. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tricovery Massage and Flexibility. 